0: The Golden Homers are a proud sponsor of Homes for Troops, a publicly funded 501c3 nonprofit organization that builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post 9-11 veterans. Since its inception in 2004, nearly 90 cents out of every dollar spent has gone directly to our program services for veterans. Visit at hfotusa.org. Thank you.
1: Welcome into the gold numbers podcast in this episode we are going a little notre dame men's basketball heavy to start the show with the news that notre dame and mike bray have mutually agreed to part ways at the end of the season we discuss the future of men's hoops potential candidates and the ripple effect in recruiting since the Bray news broke We'll also talk about the 24-7 sports and the composite final rankings for the 2023 class now that all of the recruiting services have finalized their opinions on this cycle. Lastly, we mentioned last week that the 2024 class was off to a hot start and crystal balls are flying around. We expect some movement on that end soon, but a big name has delayed his commitment date, but is also scheduled to be on campus this weekend. Originally, Ryan Roberts of Irish Breakdown and horizondraft.com was set to join us, but we had to push him back for next week's episode. But, still an op- awesome episode ahead. I'm Nathan Urbach, with me as always is Mason Plummer, let's ring the bell. It is over, and
0: the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. and goal for the Irish Captain the timeout. Williams, right to the right side, powers to the end zone. Low snap, picked it up, takes an end zone shot, hand fighting, but Kimberly goes up.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Homers podcast with your hosts, Mason Plummer and Nathan Urbach.
2: What's going on, everyone? Like I said in our intro, we unfortunately had to push back our guest uh, till next week or later, uh, later on during, you know, maybe the weekend or something like that. But as always, I'm Nathan Urbach. I have Mason Plummer on the other line. Uh, we're going to bring you guys some Mike Bray retirement talk. We're going to bring some recruiting talk. The twenty four seven sports um, list is finalized as of today. I think all of the recruiting lists are finalized as of today. So a lot of content coming your way. Um, you know, the outside of Bray, Notre Dame basketball had a player. I guess not necessarily decommit, but asked out of his letter of intent. Um, So some unfortunate news there and then we'll bring you some Justin Scott stuff who, you know, he might be on campus this weekend might not was originally supposed to commit on the 31st now it looks like it's going to be pushed back but Mason what's going on man.
0: Hey yeah happy to be here again recording with you guys, Um, we just finished up a collab piece with uh, always Irish john Kennedy so making tonight a recording night. Um, Yeah, be sure to be on the lookout for that. trying to keep on expanding and John's uh, John's a good friend of ours. But yeah, even in the off season, plenty to talk about in terms of uh Notre Dame stuff, the twenty four seven rankings. Obviously Bray, Brady Dunlap, Justin Scott. Um definitely I think you and I are expecting some sort of good news on the since we last recorded on the the crystal ball front so hopefully some of those names start piling in you know our boy tom lloyd doesn't drop those for nothing so hopefully we start getting some commitment news those are always fun to talk about but uh yeah i mean the the off scene's a little bit slow but uh nothing ever stops
2: yeah absolutely and like i said guys our uh our special guest we're gonna have on today was ryan roberts of uh, irish breakdown and risingdraft.com we brought him on last year to talk about uh, the, you know, the Notre Dame guys in the NFL draft. So Michael Mayer, Isaiah Foskey, those guys for this season um, it was a really good episode last year. And I'm expecting the same thing when he has some time to to hop on. So um, no worries there. We'll have him on next week or like I said, later on this weekend. But Mason, let's get into us. You know let's talk Mike Bray first. I think that's kind of, I know not everybody that listens to our podcast is maybe a huge, you know, Notre Dame basketball fan overall. We bring a lot of Notre Dame football and recruiting talk, but, you know, he's sort of been like, the big news of the last you know couple of weeks around Notre Dame he's been on he's been the Notre Dame head coach since two thousand is now stepping down or retiring, whatever you want to call it after twenty three seasons um already had sort of an effect on the program with Brady Dunlap, who was depending on the website you look at was, you know, out of the three guys. I know ESPN who, I don't know if I like them from a football perspective, but when it comes to basketball recruiting, I I do respect their rankings. He was number 82 in the country, so a highly rated guy, was the number one guy in the class according to their rankings. And so there's already been sort of a domino effect with Bray, but I guess just, you know, first things first. Like, I know me and you share a little bit of a different opinion on maybe where the program can head from here, but uh, maybe just some initial thoughts on the Bray stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't say it was shocking based on the team's performance. I think you and I were pretty high on what the team could be this year. Uh, down low is always going to be an issue in terms of rebounding and uh, being able to defend down in the paint, but nobody would have expected this. I thought at the very worst, maybe they'd sneak into the tournament and you'd be, like, a little bit disappointing. Like, man, this team could have been better, but um, you, you never thought that it would be this bad where you could argue they're one of the worst teams in the country. So um, – yeah. You know, I mean, I'm joking. I'm being hyperbolic a little bit. I don't
2: think you jo- I don't think. I don't think it has to be a joke.
0: I mean, I didn't imagine saying Ball State would be better than uh, would be better than uh, than Notre Dame, but here we are. So um, I don't want to say it was a long time coming because last year was a good year, but you could looking back now, you can kind of see it with Bray. So they're they're ready for something new in South Bend. Um, Notre Dame has a good basketball tradition they're gonna bring in a head coach that's ready to shake things up a little bit so I'm excited for that for sure It's a lot of change around Notre Dame between baseball coach leaving Brian Kelly leaving um Mike Braid deciding to retire so um this is something I mentioned in in our space is that if he does decide to retire and steps away from basketball I would love to see him on the mic because I think he's great I think he's a great personality for college basketball I don't know if coaching has passed him yet he still has some great ideas But uh, I definitely don't want him to leave the game of basketball entirely because I think he's such a good thing for it. And it's something rare you don't really see with Notre Dame coaches specifically or people around Notre Dame is he was universally loved, like even rivals loved him. I mean, he was just such a good character and so much fun. It's it's something you just don't see. So just a happy-go-lucky dude that seemed like a real player's coach. And unfortunately, his time just kind of ran out.
2: Yeah no absolutely and you know we all love him for the 23 years he put in but like you said they're just I think they're ready for some new flavor what what he was sort of preaching and bringing to the Notre Dame program just wasn't really resonating anymore with the players I don't think that's like intentional like they were rebelling or anything like that it was just you know like every every good thing runs its course I mean I've said it a few times but I think you know, all, all good things must come to an end. Like I like I said, I hate cliches, but I think in this instance, it just, it just works. Um, and, you know, like you said, he's a guy that, you know, maybe even gets into coaching again and at a different program or ends up on the mic ESPN or CBS, whatever it is. I mean, I think he'd be great at that. So um, I, I mentioned obviously in our, in my article that I wrote last week, some guys that I think could, could uh, maybe take that job and bring Notre Dame back to 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 prominence a little bit and I'm starting to lean more towards the idea that it's going to be a college head coach so somewhere in that Darian DeVries, Pat Kelsey, um, Wes Miller who I mentioned who I don't think is really being under consideration but he'd be great. Um, Micah Shrewsbury at Penn State I think would be great as well so um, I would say keep your eyes out on the uh, the guys that are in the college ranks already as head coaches. Um, i you know, I think Sean Sweeney or Chris Quinn would be great for the program overall if they wanted the job, but uh, I I don't think as of right now I would probably lean more towards the head coaching and, and the college route. But um, Notre Dame did lose a recruit uh, lose a kid in the 2023 class, um, and based off his comments, it was honestly strictly because of Bray, which is interesting because from a basketball perspective, you'd think that you know the academics and stuff like that would be you know maybe hold hold. The class together and you know they would wait and see to see if the head coach is you know going to be someone that he wants to play for he did mention um and i'm talking about brady dunlap obviously um he did mention that you know notre dame is still in consideration he wants to see who the head coach is so you know maybe interesting timing from uh you know actually trying to get out of his letter of intent um because he could stick with it and see what happens but um, a talented player, kind of a Mike Bray player. So maybe if you're just trying to branch out from Mike Bray, it's not the the worst thing in the world overall. But I do think that he was a kid that had a pretty high ceiling at the collegiate level, and so it's a loss nonetheless.
0: Yeah, and it sucks. But this isn't one I necessarily want to write off yet because you know he his game was suited for the Mike Bray offense, which made a lot of sense. But you've got to imagine there's still some interest in Notre Dame, and if they make the right hire, he might be a guy that that they want to you know bring in still. So. Um, right. I, I like the skill set I think it's a versatile skill set for Dunlap that can translate it's not just in Mike Bray's offense I guess it depends on Notre Dame hires and how they want to run things but sure. it's not like he's just a, a Bray guy I think that he can make an impact and I actually think he has maybe the highest floor in that class I don't know if that's fair you're more the basketball guy but I just think that his game really translates well and he was actually the guy I was really excited about so uh, it's too bad but I you know I understand that you hate to see the coach of where you think you're going to go all of a sudden, I shouldn't even say all of a sudden, because I guess it wasn't necessarily unexpected that they would make a change, but um, he, he's got to do what's best for him. I totally understand that.
2: Yeah. I'm just really high on Burton from a floor and ceiling standpoint. So I think he'd be my number one in the class. And then Friedrichsen is one of the best shooters in the country. So, you know, it's hard to say, I think all, all of the guys were pretty close in terms of the rankings um, some had Burton first. Some had Friedrich- Friedrichs and first. Some had, you know, Dunlap first. Whatever it may be. I the one thing with Dunlap is that he brings some length. Um, if he can put a little size on, like he's a guy that can play inside and outside, so he can be the four. And like for for Mike Bray's system, he would have been a really good number four for them. A guy that has more length than like a Dan Goodwin, who has to play the four this year sometimes on defense. Um, but has a good overall game when it comes to you know around the basket, and so and kind of Dunlap brings the same thing—a little bit bouncier, a little bit more athletic than I think some people realize. So you know, would obviously love welcoming him back in the class. I hope he he comes back. He says academics are big for him. I know, for example, teams like Rice and Providence were in his top group. Um, you know, both. You know, Rice a very high academic institution, and um providence is another catholic you know old big east team and i'm sure that they have great um academics as well i don't really know too much about them overall but don't want to talk too much about basketball like i said most of our listeners probably are here for the football and recruiting talk and stuff like that so um mason 24 7 sports brought or uh, f- finalized their ranking list today i think since we last spoke on three and espn did as well so a lot of moving parts unfortunately it wasn't always good news for Notre Dame for the most part it was bad news in terms of guys you know dropping and it it, it doesn't really mean much now all the guys are signed they're all in the class a lot of them are already working out on campus so I don't even really consider them recruits anymore Um, but it is unfortunate to see guys like and if you guys are going to listen to the Always Irish show you'll hear a lot of this but you know Drake Bowen falling and and uh you know, Micah Bell falling and some of those guys falling, I thought were for really interesting reasons. I mean, and I guess it go watch the always Irish show, but you know, just plugging our own podcast here, Drake Drake bone was injured the entire season and was a dominant player on both sides of the football for Andre and, and, in Indiana was, was the Buckus award winner at the high school level, which is definitely no easy task. I mean, that goes out to a lot of really, really talented players. We've seen it at Notre Dame with guys like, you know, Jalen Smith and, uh, Prince Collie winning it as as uh, as high school guys and Jeremiah Oustukormoa and Jalen Smith and Manti Te'o, I think Manti Te'o won it as a high school guy too and a collegiate player. So a lot of really talented players. The guys that do it at Notre Dame don't typically bust out. So I think that that shows some good stuff for Drake Bowen. And, and you know I, I don't think he played bad at the All American game. I, I was really surprised that he dropped. And in Michael Bell's case, I mean one of the fastest players in the entire country, and they harp on that all the time when it comes to, you know, verified track times and how that can lead the NFL access and all that kind of stuff. So it was a little surprised that he dropped as far as he did too, because he is, like I said, one of the fastest players in the country. And if you believe in Mike Mickens, like I know me and you believe in Mike Mickens, you know, Mike Bell is probably going to end up a pretty damn good player when it's all said and done. Yeah. I think you and I are super high on Mike
0: Mickens. I think I said on the Always Irish show to make him defensive coordinator. And I still believe that. Um, I don't know about no, a first-time defensive coordinator is tough, but anything to keep him in the building. I, well, I really, play, yeah. I mean, I really like what what he's done with the Notre Dame cornerback room, a position that wasn't a strength. It was actually a, one of the major weaknesses of the Notre Dame teams for the last however long, ten years or so. And um, he's made it a strength with Ben Morrison, and I think Christian Gray is going to be damn good. So, um, but yeah, in terms of these drops. It's just it's confusing to look at and it's it'd be different if it was just one year You're like, oh, man, like they were kind of tough on their name this year. And it's it's kind of loser talk to say that they do this every year, but it does. It certainly seems that way, doesn't it? I mean, it was like 70 or 80 percent of guys dropped at the very end. and People and coaches, recruits, staff, every players, they all pay attention to this stuff, which makes it frustrating. So, um, like I said, it'd, it'd be different if it was just once every couple of years where these kind of things happen. It seems like it's perennial every single year that it's just annoying that the guys get these big drops. But at, in the end, we, we believe in the talent, and the on-field production is is what matters. So um, getting these guys into Notre Dame, but, I mean, there's two or three guys that were five stars when they committed, and then they drop off the face of the earth And uh, in the case of Bowen and Vernon. So frustrating there. Still glad we got the talent.
2: Just uh, wish it would show up with the stars as well. And I think from a strictly, like, just rankings standpoint in the sense of like all these different websites changing their rankings like i said on three espn 24 7 sports and all that i think notre dame like with, on national signing day had like the sixth ranked class and there hasn't been a lot of movement and maybe, maybe they were number seven there hasn't been a lot of movement with guys like committing to a program and then them elevating it because of that at least from jumping notre dame standpoint Notre Dame is now ranked ninth on the composite and 12th on 24 seven sports. And that's not the greatest look. And it's all from a rankings dropping or, or a rankings um, evaluation standpoint where these guys move up the boards, they drop whatever. And it's usually because, okay, like there's a couple of kids uncommitted, committed. They commit in February, you know, they commit, you know, they commit to a school that's right behind you and then they, they jump you. And that makes sense. Because they added players. In this case, it wasn't even an, you know, it wasn't addition or subtraction or anything like that. It was literally just guys or guys dropping in the ranking. I think that's very frustrating. And then the other thing is, is just from a visual perspective, and I mentioned this on I Always Irish as well. They only have two players in the top 100 and that's on 24 seven sports. I think if you go based off of like the composite, they might have three um, but even then, like, that's, like, good for a Brian Kelly class. And this is definitely, like, I think one of the upper echelon Brian Kelly-level classes. So from that perspective, it's still a damn good class. And I think me and you both feel that it's, you know, a very good class just in general. And we think that they're going to out, you know, kind of outshow the rankings. But like like you said, I mean, kids kids look at this. And kids, you know, and coaches look at this. And so on and so forth, parents. And when, when you see only two guys in the top 100, It's not like we we talk a lot about, you know, needle moving and uh, what's the phrase a lot of people use right now where it's like, um, what's it called? Um, I don't even know, but needle moving, whatever it is. You you want to, it it doesn't look like they're moving the needle or they're closing the gap, is what I was looking for. Sorry. It doesn't feel like they're closing the gap when you only have two players in the top 100 and they're both below 50 so they had no top 50 guys on this list and like I said me and you probably disagree a little bit on some of this but um in regards to like the the rankings and and I think there just needs to be a level of consistency because when you get a guy like Micah Bell who drops but also a guy like Jaden Greathouse who drops completely different players Jaden Greathouse isn't going to test you know like crazy but he also dominated the best level of high school football in the entire country. And they have him ranked as like the 49th or 50th best receiver. And then also like the 53rd player in Texas. Like that's, to me, that's kind of wild, but I can understand it. If your rankings are, are consistent in the sense that you, you know, size, speed, combo, whatever. But then you look at Michael Bell and like, I already talked about it, And I think he ran like a 10, four, two, you know, for a uh, t- hundred yard meter. Like that's, that's insane. And to me, like, there, there, there's a little bit – there's some consistency lacking in the rankings, and I think that's what's frustrating because you'll never get a straight answer from it. Right. And, Nathan,
0: I was looking into the the class and see if I had any other notes, but uh, it looks like Parker Friedrichsen has uh, also decommitted to Notre Dame in the 2023 cycle that we mentioned uh, in terms of the bas- – uh, for basketball. So
2: Breaking uh, news, huh?
0: Yeah, from NDMBB Daily, a guy that you and I have conversed with quite a bit. Um, so I definitely trust him. I haven't seen it on anything else,
2: but yeah, no, um, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it elsewhere now. It's really upsetting, man. Uh, it is what it is, hey, but that's the thing. You got to build the program. You're going to, at this point you have to build the program from the ground up. So,
0: uh, um, doesn't go I, for those that know I've mentioned it a couple times, but Marcus Burton goes to my high school, got to watch him a few times. The kid's crazy talented and, uh, would love to see another Penn kid succeed at Notre Dame, but. The class is falling apart at the seams. I'd imagine he wants to stay, uh, you know, within within the city, almost definitely within the stages, a few miles from Notre Dame. But who knows at this point?
2: Yeah, no, so I, I think he's sticking. I think he's a guy that always is one of the Notre Dame offer regardless. But but I yeah, know it's unfortunate when you see I mean, now, you only have a one man class. So whoever comes into this job, I mean, you almost have the expectation that there's you know, you might not have a lot of success next year. So. Um, you know, whether or not you bring in four or five transfers or something like that. I mean, that's an that's kind of an easy, quick fix. Maybe you can get some undergrad guys that are there for a while, or again, maybe you can get Dunlap and Friedrichson back in the fold um, down the line. Cause I do think both of those guys would be, are are guys that typically speaking are successful at Notre Dame. And when you say typically speaking, obviously you're talking about Mike Brace system, who's what's been in place for 23 years. So, um, you know, hopefully those guys get to meet whoever the new coach is and you know that coach is able to kind of get them back in the fold, or they're able to get in with some guys that are late bloomers in the twenty three class, or you know if it's Micah Shrewsbury from Penn State, maybe he's able to bring some guys from Penn State to Notre Dame, or in Drake's case, um, if they if if they hire the Drake head coach and um, and Devries, his son is a really talented player. I'm sure Drake, because they're talented, has other talented players, and or they have guys in mind that they really like. In the transfer portal or in the twenty three class that you can bring in, so we'll see, man. But yeah, no one man class following this type of season when you have pretty much everybody leaving. There's a lot of work to be done at this point.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And yeah, between the two D commitments in the last couple of days, and then this twenty four seven sports bomb, and the sports are so up and down, and a lot of down for me recently. I need a break.
2: <laughs> hey, well, it's the off season, so you have your break, right? Right.
0: Yeah, you and can look well- forward to some White
2: Sox baseball. Yeah, the White Sox are bound to let me down here soon. So, <laughs> let's get into some 2024 stuff. Unless you, do you actually do you have anything else on the 2023 class of the drop, the the drops or the, the new rankings or anything like that?
0: Not really. Other than they just need to be consistent about when they care about speed and when they don't. I mean, you name the they don't name the Buckus Award winner, but when does that matter? When does it not? Um, I mean, if some of these guys are committed to Alabama or Georgia, like Micah Bell, Micah Bell doesn't drop them any spots if he's committed to
2: Georgia. I believe that. So. Yeah. At least it doesn't feel that way. Like you, like it, it almost feels like if he were to, if he would have jumped to Georgia last second, like some people thought when the Georgia offer came in, you know, you almost feel like he would have been elevated in the rankings. And I hate to say that. Cause like you said, it sounds like loser talk, but it is frustrating. And you know, the class is signed. So I don't really care. I have my thoughts and feelings on each guy and I I'm pretty high on a lot of them. Like one thing we didn't mention was Brandon Hillman got a big jump. Um, I think that's a very proper ranking. I think 24, seven sports, has the best ranking of him from just a purely like upside perspective. And, and if you, if you, you talk about a kid who could be a really high level draft pick um you know, three years, four years down the road, I mean he can make some people maybe forget about a guy like um like Peyton Bowen. If he turn if he reaches his upside or if he turns into a Rover or a linebacker, I could really see him being a, you know, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa level athlete. Um, you know, it's hard to compare to guys like that. Cause Jeremiah was Cormo was such an elite player at Notre Dame and obviously proven it at the NFL level too, but, um, I, I'm very high on Brandon Hillman. Um, same thing with Armel Muka. I mean, he didn't move up in this latest rankings, but 24 seven sports was the only, was the only service that had him in the top 200. Um, I think if you look at the composite, he's like 400 or 500 or something like that. And, um, you know, just a really talented player that hasn't played a lot of football, but has a lot of upside. So. Yeah. Um, But let's uh, let's move on to a lot of the big news that people probably want to hear about. Justin Scott was originally supposed to commit on January 31st, has delayed that commitment. Um, And we talked a lot about if this is bad or good. Um, And I think that's a really good discussion to have, because, you know, I kind of mentioned that it's really neither. Um, If he ends up at Notre Dame in April, then no one's going to say it was bad. Right. So um, I, I enjoy a kid. Being able to sit back and say, listen, I'm just not ready to make that commitment yet. And I want—I might want to go see Georgia. I might want to go see Florida. I might want to go see Michigan or whoever. Some of these other local schools going to know a lot of his recruitment is revolved around possibly staying home. USC, I think, is involved um, with him as well, actually, if you—if he wants to go to the coast. So, like, I can respect a kid wanting to take a step back and saying, hey, like, this is going to be my first And final decision, whoever I commit to, I'm sticking with. I'm not going to take other visits and stuff like that. So I'm sure the Notre Dame staff encouraged that, and I'm happy about it. Um, Hopefully he's able to still come to campus this weekend, because I do think Notre Dame leads and might even have a significant lead. I'm in that recruitment right now, and that's one thing that's in their favor, is that it's going to be hard to to top what they're offering. Uh, Proximity to home, academics, high-level play, probably early play, because he's such a different athlete. Um, than anybody that they currently have on the defensive line or going to be on the defensive line next season. So, um, if he ends up committing on January 31st because he comes to Notre Dame and, and decides he wants to shut it down, great. Um, but if he ends up visiting some other places, I still think Notre Dame has a really good chance. And I don't really get the vibes of like Keeley and Bowen and Dante Moore, where maybe Dante Moore a little bit, I guess, because he kind of took his time and then ended up deciding against Notre Dame. I mean, I could easily see that with the Justin Scott, but. Um, I do enjoy the idea of a kid being able to take a step back and say hey listen I just want to make sure this is the right decision and if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen but at least we know and we don't get heartbroken on you know December 19th two days before signing day
0: yeah I'll always be a proponent of my guy taking his visits and making sure he knows his decision before he comes out with it and decides he he feels like he rushed it so I think he came out with that I I was uh, on three that reported that you know, there were some quotes from him, Justin Scott, saying that he felt rushed and he didn't want to make a, a commitment on his birthday just to do it. Like, I get guys usually pick a date for a reason. And, of course, it would be more fun to to be able to commit on your birthday and have a celebration. But if it's not the right move for you, why do it at all? He kind of strikes me just from what I've read. I don't know the kid personally like we used to. I uh, know a lot of the recruits. But he seems like the kind of guy that wants to make that one commitment and then be a big-time recruiter and, like, not be a guy that's going to be wavering all class long so if that is the case and that's true then that's great and that's a good thing for Notre Dame if he decides to do that I mean all signs are pointing towards him visiting and then committing shortly after so um, hopefully things continue to go in the right direction but one one visit to Athens Georgia or something like that can change things I don't know how you say no to the back-to-back national champions and the way that they turn off defensive linemen so not trying to pitch him towards Georgia by any means, but I mean, I get that, but Notre Dame has a strong pitch here. Academics are important to him. He goes to the best athletic or the best uh, academic school in Chicago, from what I understand, and obviously a freak athlete. And he, he would, I would imagine he would start day one at Notre Dame and for a team that's trending upwards and a coach that's definitely trending upwards, a young energetic guy. So you have to love that.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a, it, it's a big recruiting battle simply because of where he's located too. And I don't even necessarily, I know a lot of people harp on just the fact that it's Chicago and Notre Dame needs to be great in Chicago. And that's awesome. But proximity to home to me means more than just the fact that he's from Chicago. If it was, if it was, you know, 90 minutes down south of Notre Dame, you know, closer to where you are, you know, where you're Mason, what what is it like two and a half hours away from Notre Dame's campus. Like like, uh, if it was an Indianapolis kid, I'd feel this, I'd feel the same way. So um it's less about Chicago I mean I know Chicago has good talent but you you want to keep the elite kids in the Midwest in the Midwest and you know you have to battle Ohio State for those guys you have to battle Michigan for those guys you know there's some other programs out there that certainly will land some top tier talent in the Midwest but you know Notre Dame's got to do great in in these areas like Chicago and Indianapolis and you know in different parts of Ohio and um, you know, Southern Michigan and different different things like that, like these, these guys that can kind of relate to the Notre Dame weather, hopefully the small campus nature of it, um, you know, possibly the religious aspects of it as well, so um, J- Justin Scott's a huge recruit, because you don't want those guys going to Georgia, like you said, like you can't blame them for wanting to go check it out, but you can't have the Justin Scotts of the world you can't, you can't lose those guys to Georgia. If you lose them to Michigan or Ohio state, like I can somewhat stomach that a little bit more because they're still staying relatively close to home overall. But um, it, 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 Notre Dame hasn't necessarily put an emphasis on Chicago in these areas um, over the last, you know, probably five to 10 years. Um, But, you know, when they want a guy, they, a lot of the times they do. I mean, you see Cam Williams in the class, you see Christopher Turek in, in last year's class. Um, You know, hopefully, you get Justin Scott. They just offered Darian Dupree a running back from that area as well. Um, There's, there's definitely some talent in that area and in the um, Indiana, er in Indiana uh, areas, um, or in the state of Indiana, I should say. Where, you know, if they offer, then then kids take notice for sure. And you want to make sure that those pipelines stay strong.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I think that's about. All we've got for today, like we said, keep an eye out for Ryan Roberts. Hopefully next week. I understand he's a little bit under the weather. And uh sounds like that whole household might be under the weather. So our best wishes is to hopefully they can uh, rebound from that. Uh, being sick is absolutely no fun. And one thing worse than being sick is trying to act like you're not and trying to tough it out through a podcast. So uh, hopefully he gets his rest and we're going to need his best because – um, it's ex- exciting time right now. Talking uh, NFL draft and Michael Mayer is getting slandered all over Twitter. Yeah, I really
2: wanted to talk to him about that today because that that list from Daniel Jeremiah just came out and
0: and he has a ton of influence. So I, I won't stand for that, but I will let uh, Ryan Roberts tackle that next week.
2: Right, right, absolutely. And like you and like you said, like his health and his family's health and all that kind of stuff comes first. Parenthood comes first. So. Um, not to get too into too much detail and all that kind of stuff, but, but yeah, like, like Mason said at the beginning of this podcast, guys, definitely uh, make sure you're on the lookout for some crystal balls, maybe come a new fruition um, here soon. I mean, the, the Smith brothers just came out with a top 10 list, Jared and Jacob from the mass from Massachusetts. Um, those guys seem like they might be in decision-making mode here soon. um Br- Br- Bryce Young is c- continuing to pile up offers. I think he got an Iowa offer today who did he get recently penn state maybe it was i forget some of the other ones but he's starting to starting to definitely pile up some off some offers here and there and i think that's a guy obviously that notre dame's going to land in the long run um some other peyton pierce obviously has i think is supposed to be back on campus in march um or april maybe and you know i think there might be a run here soon it might not be you know 10 guys all of a sudden but i think you know, this class could go from seven to 12 in the next, you know, two months and it wouldn't surprise me. And, um, and that includes a guy like Justin Scott who we've talked about ad nauseum so far, but as always, I'm Nathan Urbach. Catch me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Urbach. You can catch Mason, Mason, go ahead and tell people where they can catch you at.
0: Yeah. Mason Plummer underscore. And then be on the lookout for both of us um, with the fanboys and the winning ed sports network writing articles. I'll have my first one out here in the next couple of days. Um, really excited again about that partnership with them and uh, continuing to grow that, be on the lookout for some shows, some partnerships with us and uh, other shows all within that same Winning Ed Sports Network.
2: Yeah, absolutely. One thing I did want to mention here real quick before we left, um, one of my good friends who played college baseball at UNLV, he's teamed up with a um, with a friend who also played college baseball. Um, they have a baseball podcast. So if you love baseball as much as me and Mason do, definitely check them out. It's called the Big Fly Pod Um, we're, they're going to be shouting us out. We're shouting them out just a little collab going on to kind of get more viewership to each podcast and different things like that. We obviously appreciate everything you guys do for us. Um, but definitely go check them out. If you're a big baseball fan, like I know Mason and I are, they will talk, um, not only big league baseball, but they'll talk some collegiate baseball, some amateur level baseball, minor league baseball, um, all the work. So like I said, check them out. You can find them on any platform. Again, that's the big fly pod um, check my Twitter profile. If you want to learn a little bit more, you can find them on Twitter as well at the big fly pod. So, or the, yeah, the big fly pod, my bad. <laughs> so any closing thoughts, Mason? No, I think that's it.
0: There was a, a couple uh a couple things recently, that but kind of in bad news for the Irish, but hopefully we get some good news, kind of turn it around. Like I was saying, sports can be exhausting, but the, the good news can never come enough. So that I'm feeling like we'll get something soon.
2: Absolutely. Sometimes you just need a weekend, go golfing or get on a snowboard or something. Yeah. Right. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Hopefully we might, like I said, we might record this weekend with Ryan Roberts, but I think we'll probably throw that out next week on a podcast, regardless of when we record with him. But thanks for tuning in as always. Follow the golden homers. See you later.